This episode of Hammerlock Podcast with Tyson Dukes is brought to you by Hammerlock Apparel. Visit hammerlockapparel.com today. On today's episode, we talk about being prepared to seize opportunity, Matt Hardy being a genuinely good human being, dealing with injuries mid-match, and much more. It's a doubleheader for episode 10. First, Tyson Dukes versus Tyler Black from Ring of Honor, and then it's Tyson Dukes versus Matt Hardy from the WWE. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I'm Scotty D here once again with another episode, Hammerlock Podcast with our good, good friend, the man that's making old school cool again, the head of the Hammerlock Empire. It's Tyson Dukes. How you doing, man? Doing well. And you're right. We are slowly trying to build this Hammerlock brand into many facets in life. And hopefully we, uh, we can reap the benefits of everybody on board with the Hammerlock team, such as yourself, myself, and my family. And Everybody else has got a little hand involved. Um, today is very special. Why, Scotty? Why is today so special? Well, we got a little bit of a milestone here. It might be just a small milestone in the long, uh, long run, but for us, it's a bit of a milestone. It's episode number 10, and we started this thing. We kind of said, let's do 10 and see what happens. And that's where we are today. Um, and you know, we talked about it last week, kind of did a little bit of a prelude into what we're doing, but, uh, I wanted for the 10th episode, I wanted to look at a couple of your own matches, uh, get a little bit of a perspective of you watching yourself, giving us an idea of what was actually going on at the time. Um, so that's what we're doing today. Really looking forward to it. We, uh, we got a couple matches we're going to look at. First one is going to be from ring of honor back when, when, what year was this one? This would possibly be around, I am only only know this um, around 08, okay. 08, 09 is when I had a, no, it was 08 because 09 I had a pretty good run and then 010 I was pretty, I was good with them as well and I was getting divorced. That was my <laughs> that's milestone in itself. Yeah. Divorced in 2010. Isn't that funny that that's my marker of like 2010 era is the beginning of a new era. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think this is 2008. Right on. The, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, uh, we made it to 10. How uh, I've enjoyed it so far. Hopefully you've been having a good time listening to them. People out there have been consuming this stuff. It, um, to me, it's been fun. Why, what surprised me, which I didn't expect was the variety of matches we were going to see. Um, Tyson's kind of brought in some different styles, uh, different play matches from all over the world. It's been really fun for me. What, uh, what have you gotten out of the first 10 episodes? Well, for me, um, cause these are all kind of handpicked by us and, uh, mostly my, like the ideas of stuff that have stuck out in my brain. Cause I've always, I'm a studier of wrestling and that's one of those things is, um, I will always be one of those guys that watches all the time. So it's one of those things I'm always watching professional wrestling and, not, and like, I want to understand it more and get better at it in my own regard and make things better for this business as it goes further. So I find that I'm, um, uh, when, when going over, uh, matches. I'm, I'm, I'm always on the hunt for new stuff and what's hot and what's not and stuff like that. So you're, you'll find me, I like, like I said the other day, like we were talking about South Africa um, 
having their own style of professional wrestling and it is professional wrestling but it has the act of voodoo in it so they hypnotize their opponents they'll go through like a legitimate match but then all of a sudden they'll break out into this dude is hypnotized or a voodoo doll like made his arm paralyzed you know it's just <laughs> it's it's funny just to see because it's a cultural thing too what each culture has a different view of it so it's kind of neat to just kind of uh storm through and i'm always like i said i'm always going to want to look for wrestling and see what's what makes it click in whatever area and take away what i love and just not not really bash it but just leave behind the stuff that i don't love and uh just go for it it's the only way um to complete to be a complete human being you're never ever wanting to stop the learning process or the moving process you always want to be at it Otherwise, you're not living anymore. You're just sitting still. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, and with obviously with the internet and the um, access to information we have now, there's an endless amount of content out there and matches and old stuff you can watch. Whether it's you know stuff that's coming out now, or we can go back and watch stuff from days gone by, and it's uh, it's really enjoyable as a wrestling fan to see that stuff. Um, why don't you uh, kind of give us a bit of a lead up into this first match we're watching from ring of honor here oh yes so first match first match on the card is one of the tyson dukes's favorite because it is uh not only tyson dukes in this thing but there's a lot of story behind this as well there's little tidbits that you'll see throughout it that you might not have noticed on the first go uh, this is tyson dukes myself versus uh tyler black also known as seth rollins of wwe so this is just before Tyler Black really busted out onto the scene as their heavyweight champ. Um, had a great run as heavyweight champ with the company. Uh, he's starting to build a bit of a rapport. Uh, this is in Toronto at the Ted Reeves Arena, which is an extremely hot, small little arena in downtown Toronto. Uh, he's uh, He was supposed to... He, the the contest was for this night it was supposed to be tyler black versus nigel mcginnis nigel mcginnis the night before had gotten injured um with a stinger on his neck so he took the cradle pile driver from jerry lynn landed a little awkwardly got a stinger so he just uh took the night off because neck issues are like serious issues so then i took his place out of the blue and what like as we get along here we'll talk a little bit more about um, that whole thing but mm -hmm. yeah that's basically what it is is uh uh i was the sub in as you hear dave prazak he'll mention multiple times about uh how i'm lucky because i got i got a chance to do this so you'll hear the commentary the commentary is not bad but it also not i it isn't my favorite, and I'm not bashing anybody, but, like, uh, if you're going to put over talent, there's another match, if you have a chance to watch, for this exact reason, is the what culture match between me and Kyle O'Reilly. They might as well have been sitting directly on Kyle O'Reilly's lap. They were, like, loving that, like, loving Kyle so much and not giving anything whatsoever uh, on the on my on end of things not not so much as a push not talking about me at all it was all about kyle which uh, psychologically is kind of stupid considering that that match is over 23 minutes long so what you're doing is you're basically uh the 
dude that you're trying to put over on commentary and you're jobbing the other guy out. Well, in fact, you're jobbing out your premier talent by because this job guy, as you see it, is hanging in there and putting a big struggle on for 23, 24 minutes. So psychologically, not really, not really great. And the same with this, you, you tend to, they don't know very much about me. So instead of doing their homework, um, they're more eager about uh, talking about Tyler Black, which is great. And then not mentioning as much about me, just kind of making fun of my hairstyle and all that stuff, which guys in professional wrestling, you're only as good as the rest of your team. And that's kind of the point here is if your ring crew is no good, your ring's no good, your business is no good. If your commentary sucks, well, then your matches don't seem as exciting. If you're, if your wrestling wrestlers suck, then it's, you know what I mean? It's a, you have, it's a team effort to make the best show possible. And so um, that's, that's kind of like, uh, on the business end of it, that's that's where I'm at. Anyways, yeah, yep. this match is a lot of fun, though. I will say that this match is a lot of fun, and Tyler Black is a, it was an extremely gracious talent, and uh, we had quite a match for like only being ten minutes long. There's a few points that I like, a few points that I don't really like, mostly on my end. But here we go. <laughs> right, let's get into. It. If you want to watch along, um, I'm going to put a link to this on our YouTube channel. So the description to this video, if you're watching this on listening to this on YouTube, there's going to be a link down below. That's got a link direct link to the match. It's not available widely on the internet, um, but we are going to have it on our channel temporarily at least. So we can kind of watch along with this. And if you're listening on a podcast network, uh, I will also put the link to the match directly in the description of, uh, of this episode down below. So you'll be able to find it there. Um, so, and that without further ado, let's get into this thing. And I'm sure a lot of questions will come up as we go. Let's get it started. So I'm going to count it down five, four, three, two, one, play. There we go. All right, here we go. Uh, this is now, this is going to be, I had a dark match for ring of honor the night before with rip impact is a, is an independent uh, wrestler from Hamilton, Ontario region. Um, and then the second night I got the call up considering Nigel was hurt. So I got the opportunity to wrestle on the main card. There's another reason why this is not on YouTube is they're still selling this DVD and this DVD ROH DVDs cause it's athletic wrestling and it's so hard to come by now, like actual solid athletic wrestling. <laughs> um, uh, that's there's a little burn um so <laughs> it's so hard to come by that uh they actually still sell this you can find this dvd online uh through the roh stores and stuff like that and it's like 35 dollars for the it's a double dvd set because it's both nights yeah. so that's crazy that's yeah. crazy if you think about it now once you guys see tyler black make his entrance uh, and he raises his hands. You're going to notice that he's wearing black trunks. And if you look back at me, you're going to notice that I am wearing black trunks. And I know I've talked about this in the podcast before, <laughs> and here I am eating crow on this, but you should always have a different uh, set of tights. You shouldn't wear the same gear. I've been known, uh, you should, as a rule, you should always have a different color choice. Here's the deal. Tyler Black was known for black trunks. But I did not know going into this day that I would be wrestling with Tyler Black. I was on the road to the show when Adam Pierce called me and saying, where are you? I'm like, I'm on my way. He says, oh, thank God we have you on the main show. You're going to be wrestling Tyler Black tonight. 
Um, so I only had the black trunks with me because I was on vacation. I was up in Mosega Beach with my family, my two young sons at the time, and my ex-wife. And we're up in the Wasaga Beach area. And I had just done a lucha show with the, and wrestled Blue Demon Jr. Uh, a couple days prior. So like maybe four days before. So that's, that's all I had for gear. I had my black stuff that I always wear. So that's why there's black on black. But you see a big blonde mohawk. It's really easy to decipher who is who. Uh, also at this time I'm way thicker and you, can you believe this Scotty when I looking back on this now I'm like god damn I look all right <laughs> back then when I looked at myself I just saw a slop just like your really your mental facet when you're trying to be in like try to get in the best shape of your life you get body dysmorphia and I thought yeah. I was out of shape here wow isn't that crazy like, yeah I was over 200 pounds here thick, Jesus. thick, thick. Yeah. yeah no pre-tattoos Free tattoos, just the like, just a pretty young fella. <laughs> yeah. All right, no, here Tyler we go. Black is like a great talent for like uh, chain wrestling. Chain wrestling is really nice. We keep this really solid, really tight. Nothing crazy. We're not going to overdo it. I know Tyler. We've worked before before this match and tags and stuff. So Tyler knows that I'm well versed in chain wrestling. So, and his thing is he's more of a athletic, the athletic style. He's not a chain wrestling guy. So. He's going to give me my due. So all this stuff that you see, just that little bit of arm work and into those arm drags, that's for me. That's him just trying to um, keep us both looking good, keep us looking strong, but mm -hmm. yet uh, making this young fella, give him a bit of a do because I am a chain wrestling guy. Right on. Solid headlock, as you can see. I like put all my emphasis on my holds. Every time I put a hold on a guy, there's going to be emphasis on it big old shoulder tackle by yours truly um we're gonna just, get right to work it was one of those things is this all called uh, in the ring or was this how, how did that match get laid out uh all this stuff all the beginning stuff is all in ring all yeah. in ring stuff and then with the all this stuff by me is all just heat this is a setup right here this is a setup for later that elbow drop is a setup yeah usually i just stand up and drop the elbow but we i needed to do the off the ropes um, because later on I'll show you when, and there's a story behind when I hit those ropes eventually. Um, just uh, look at this. Now watch this for a drop down leapfrog. Look at the athleticism of this kid just with ease. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. That looked good. Yeah. It's, it's hard. To, it, it, you, you look at Seth Rollins now and you're, and he's WWE. So you got to protect yourself. Like guys are wrestling day in, day out, but this guy is like, just an animal when it comes to athleticism, like a CrossFit style workouts and stuff like that. The dude is uh, top notch. Big old body slam on Tyson Dukes here. God damn, taking <laughs> those slams. Um, I don't have commentary on, but I do not think and commentary is never in my fairy favor. I don't know if you're listening to commentary or if you go back and listen to commentary. Um, they're not. They're not great on this thing. Uh, they're just they're just but that's the thing you're trying to put over your uh, talent that's about to be pushed to the moon I guess that would make sense right I mean kind of but if you're gonna to put them over you want them to beat somebody who's a badass as well you don't want them just beating some chump they don't know anything about so you know you want well, that's, them to... uh, and that goes to our point again if a guy's if a guy's in there and he's actually wrestling and he's putting on in an effort and it's over 10 minutes long Look at that. Like oh, hands that to your feet. Boom. Now, this is a miscue right here because we did plan something, but we did not call it enough. I should have turned around and tried to hit him. 
Um, we got, there was an awkward pause there. Just a miscue on both our parts. It was supposed to be that backdrop over. Um, here we go. Send them. Watch the bump this kid takes. Unreal. One thing that you got to respect about this, there's a lot of things that you'll see uh, and you just don't know. But like being in the ring so long, I know when a guy lands uh, and it's supposed to hit his head, but then I'll see him hit his hand or something like that. I'll see the stuff that's awkward and ugly and would really hurt him. Um, uh, not the spot, but something along with the spot. Here in this case, uh, Tyler Black took that sweet gut to the guardrail. Those guardrails, that metal sheet that they used to zip onto the guardrails are razor sharp i know in a match with eddie edwards i cut my back all the pieces just taking the guardrails and, and tyler black <laughs> legitimately takes that with his guts he could have been sliced wide open Jeez. but that's he just yeah that's and like nobody really gets that yeah you're in our roh show and you see those guardrails they on the top of them where those guys are leaning against are wicked sharp it's just um just metal it's just like pop can metal basically so wonder they you, will cut you open you They're said brutal. something to the announcers there when you got back in the ring i wonder what that was uh well no actually there was a wrestling fan. fan in the crowd and he said something real uh unsavory <laughs> i told him shut up or something along those lines not shut up though wasn't as polite yeah that's and this right. is what I'm known for. This is the kind of stuff I'm known for. Like everything that I do is with intent. Like, a, uh, not, I'm not saying I'm Bret Hart, but like if I'm going to do a backbreaker, I'm going to do it like Bret Hart used to or an AJ Styles in New Japan. I'm actually going to put emphasis on all my holds and grab and hold on. Now, this isn't going to be the put over Tyson Dukes for 11 minutes as well as um, I am going to show you stuff that I, I could have done better, way better. At the time, though, in 08, it was okay. Yeah. Um, like, I got by on it. <laughs> Here we go. The old Fifth Finley elbow to the top of the head, which I'm known nice. to do because I love Fifth Finley. Now, watch this. As this is supposed to be my spot where I hit the ropes for that elbow. That's where the story continues. There. That landing right there separates my shoulder. And you see, as I oh. wave my arm, I just popped it back in to the socket i put her out i put that bad boy out and watch this bump this bump that comes up is lazy because i just put that and now it's back in completely back in the socket i'm back to i'm back to my shoulder being all right nice boot in the head take you in you make sure you commit to all these things you commit to it you commit this is the thing i don't like is i get right back up because i'm hurt I'm hurt and I'm just trying to go through the motions of just going into my next spot. I'm not, I'm not selling. I'm uh, actually hurt. So I'm not taking the time to properly sell uh, Tyler Black stuff, Seth Rollins stuff, which uh, when watching it now, I, I, I'm aggravated by that. How, why would I just get up and walk to the corner like that? But that's the difference between acting and selling and actually feeling a lot of pain and just trying to figure out the next spot and not messing up. Yeah. Turn out of his buckle, de buckle bomb into uh, my own DVD, which he reverses again. And see, again, I, I'm overstepping them. I'm overstepping because it's pre-planned. I'm, I'm not going with the flow of it the, on that uh, – that, uh, the, the hot shot across the ropes, which is super athletic. The old macho man. Yep. Um, yeah. Better sell on this one now. Better sell back into this corner. This is my favorite spot because this is where 
I'm like smart and optimizing. When I'm in that corner and he's stomping, I actually tell myself, get it together. And right, right here, I get it together. So this is legit. That's a, that's a man ripping another man. And then there's a clothesline. Oh. Here we are now. I spike DVD. So this is where I pick him up and I grab his quad and I pick him up so I can spike him a little bit heavier. Now watch this. As, as you see me come over into the pin, watch this kick out, Scotty. Watch this. And look, exactly. That's, I DVD him on my bad shoulder on that way. And I thought that I had re-popped it out. But all it was is just ligaments were loose. And so it, it was uh, taking its toll on me. So that's me just checking out my shoulder to make sure it was all right. And then off to the races. Uh, we're coming to the end of this one. Uh, I love that DVD spot. I love that mm -hmm. whole that whole sequence. With I don't like when people jump for me as much anymore. I like when you can have to pop your hips like a legitimate athlete and like how you'd have to actually take somebody over. Mm -hmm. This is one of the spot where I was a little bit nervous because my shoulder wasn't good and I was worried about his well-being getting over on that vertical suplex, but he did because it's Tyler Black and he's athletic. Going to this sweet little pinning sequence of uh, I go victory roll, which is some, like I haven't done those in forever, <laughs> into a backslide, into sunset, into grabbing him, into a complete of the sunset, into a crucifix, into his crucifix, right into a kick. Back. From the kick, great refereeing, by the way. That's some great refereeing there. As you can tell, he doesn't steal from it, but he, oh. he reacts to it. There's God's Less Gift, which is a brain buster slash small package combo. And that is your one, two, three. Um, all in all, I, like, I'm super proud of that match because that was uh, – I just got down to the arena or I was on my way. I was about um, five blocks away when um, Adam Pierce messaged me and said, hey, man, I need you – uh, here you got it. Are you coming to the show? Cause I wasn't supposed to be on either one of these ROH shows. So I didn't, I wasn't supposed to be on the dark match one. And, uh, I had no idea about this one. What it was, was Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen at the time. Uh, and, uh, Frankie the mobster or the beast King, uh, as he's known now, uh, they both, uh, Frankie messaged me and said, Hey, Steen wants, uh, wants you to come out. We want you to come out to ROH. Can you make it? Well, I'm on vacation, uh, eating crappy, whatever, but I've been working out still. I'm like, yes, I can get there because I had my gear from doing a Lucha show in Toronto. And so I, I had the opportunity to get out there and uh, um, drive my way and then do a dark match. And the dark match, while well, the crowd was filling in, is kind of weird. So me and Rip Impact have this match and everybody uh, um, in the back had, like enjoyed it. So the next night they said, come back tomorrow and we'll see what we got for you. And sure enough, bigger things happen. Nice. And that's, you got to always be ready. You have to be ready. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, uh, great message to young guys out there is opportunity comes sometimes when you're least expecting it, but if you're not ready for it, you're not going to be able to seize that opportunity. So being ready all the time, um, and kind of, it might feel like luck once in a while, but if you're not ready, you miss that opportunity. Luck doesn't have a chance to kind of, to, um, give itself to you. So being ready is key in all aspects of life, especially the wrestling business. That was a cool match for sure. It, uh, 
I don't know how you do this watching yourself. I can't even listen to myself after we do one of these things. So watching yourself must be tough. I appreciate you indulging me and doing some of your own matches here. Um, Cause it's neat to hear your perspective of what's going on. The usually I watch my matches only to critique. And it's yeah. all I'm like the heaviest heavier, your own worst critic, or you <laughs> should be, if you want to, if you want to do good things in, any aspect of life, you should be your own worst critic, but you should just uh, like every once in a while, I figured in these day and this day and age, you have to give yourself a little bit of a break every once in a while and not be so hard on yourself. Um, uh, I'm proud of that match. Cause I was on no time to prepare for that match. I was just in that match. Like I, I just got there and was ready to go. Yep. Um, cool. Yeah. So, you know, but, it it turned out well. It turned out really well. I, I'm, it's that was my first stint with ROH, and then then it just continued from there. I know that uh, uh, a lot of guys have liked that match. You know, Steve Carino is one of those guys that has always said that was a really solid match. He did great stuff there. Yeah. So, uh, like, I'm pleased that my peers have enjoyed my work with ROH and stuff like that. And ROH is one of those companies that I've always enjoyed and respected working for. The uh, my favorite part of that match now, after hearing this, is the separated shoulder issue. Like you can't even hear you talk about it. You can kind of see you pop it back in and, and grab it a few times, but you wouldn't even know if you were if you weren't aware of what was going on there. So uh, you definitely you no sold that big time. It ain't ballet, that's for sure. So she ain't ballet, as no. I always say. She <laughs> is not ballet. It um, yeah, and it's it's extremely difficult to um. It was extremely difficult to, um, when you get injured and guys get injured all the time, um, you just want to downplay it. You don't want to ever bring attention to it. Um, fortunately, I was able to hide it. And here's another thing. I'm trying to get a job with that company. So even when I blew out that shoulder, when I got to the back, and I told you this before, Scotty, I told you uh, I was, we were kind of reminiscing about it. And I said that uh, when I got to the back, I took all my gear and I went into an empty change room. And I got changed in that room by myself because I didn't want anybody to see the amount of difficulty it was going to take me to put a t-shirt on. So to put my shirt back on, uh, I knew that my arm was really bad and I would have to pick it up with the other, with my other hand to get it through and stuff like that. And I didn't want anybody to see because that was my first real show with ROH. And I didn't want uh, them to think that I was, uh, was injury prone because I'm not injury prone and I uh, wanted to make sure that they knew that I was, um, uh, that I was going to be uh, like, all right. Like I was a solid professional and stuff like that. So I hit it. Yeah. So basically all I did was grab my stuff, get to the other change room and change as quickly as possible uh, and get dressed and then make sure that nobody knew that my arm was busted the whole night. I didn't put ice on it. I didn't walk around holding my shoulder. I didn't try to make a homemade sling. I'm not that I'm not putting negative tension on myself. That's the whole deal with wrestling now is like any attention is good intent uh, attention. So guys want to put emphasis, even if it means they're it's negative, they want it. They just want attention and that's bullshit. You should always be positive. You should be working hard. You should be, you should be trying to get new stuff. You should be trying to uh, sell better and work harder and your strike should be more solid. And you shouldn't, even if you're injured, you should say that you're not. Unless you broke something and you need to get fixed up, 
And there's a, and the only reason I like I said before that suplex is a little bit slower that superplex because I usually snap those over going in going into the home stretch is I was trying to keep him safe. And if there, if that's anything to learn from injury, that's the one thing is you, I don't want to injure anybody. Right. All right. So again, another one, we're indulging me here. Um, we're going way back this time, early Tyson Duke's career. It is for anybody who wants to watch along, you're going to be able to find this match it's on the internet. If you Google, it's actually on daily motion. So the title of the, program we're going to watch it's october 11th 2003 wwe velocity and we're going to watch matt hardy versus a young tyson dukes and it starts at about i've got it started at 20 minutes 45 seconds it's hard to cue it up it doesn't this the um the time slider on this website doesn't work as well as youtube i will say this and i like like skype I'm not a fan of Skype. I am definitely not a fan of of uh, daily mo- motion at all. <laughs> I find the daily motion is very, very difficult to um, navigate through. I find that like they try to auto correct your your spelling of stuff yeah. a lot, and that's very, very frustrating. It freezes often too. It's um... it is it is not fun. No. Sometimes you have to use what you have, even if it's not ideal, unfortunately. I don't you think this what? match you is like... anywhere else. I couldn't find it anywhere else online at the moment. Let's what, see. What, what year was that again? Velocity? Uh, 2003. October 11th, 2003. So while we get that lined up, you know what? I'm going to read a note we got from a fan while you get that set up, if that's all right. You go right to it. Yeah. Uh, so as... If you've listened to the show before, you know you can reach out to us with any questions, comments, and feedback. You can send them to hammerlockpodcast at gmail.com. Um, that's where we get most of our feedback. And we got a nice note from a listener. I wanted to share it because uh, it kind of touches on some of the stuff that wrestling uh, used to be, meant to be, kind of that family-type atmosphere. And I really appreciated it. This sent in from a reader. Uh, he says, there's a little bit of preamble here just about talking about um, finding the podcast and stuff, but the message goes on. My grandfather just passed away a few weeks ago. He loved pro wrestling and attended many events in Niagara Falls, Hamilton and Toronto back in the fifties and mid sixties. Growing up, my household didn't have cable TV, so I could watch WWF Maple Leaf wrestling on the antenna at home and then bike to my grandparents to watch WCW on TBS. My grandpa would watch with me and tell me about Whipper Billy Watson, Yukon Eric, Buddy Rogers, Bobo Brazil, and his favorite heel, Hans Schmidt. During lockdown earlier this year, I finally looked up the names on YouTube and found many matches thanks to the Chicago Film Archive channel. I found a match between Yukon Eric and Hans Schmidt. I had hoped to watch it with him this summer when back in Canada. Sadly, that trip didn't happen due to travel restrictions, and then his health deteriorated rapidly at the end of the summer. Unfortunately, I was only able to have a few video chats with him. I told him I found the match and watched it and could send me links so he could watch it. Sorry, and sent the links so he could watch it. He said, unfortunately, watching screens was difficult for him, but he was thankful to know I was able to finally see footage of those two guys. That was our second last chat. I was going to email you a few weeks back to mention the Chicago YouTube channel when the morning I planned to do it, you released your episode with Haystacks, Calhoun, and Buddy Rogers. Seemed a little too strange of a coincidence not to share it with you. Kudos to you and Scotty for helping make old school cool again, Rob. 
thanks, Rob. Appreciate that. And uh, I went back and forth with him a little bit. And he went on to say, in another, he had another interesting story I'll share quickly here. Um, a famous story from the uh, family story. Uh, and he says, after meeting on a blind date, my grandparents had planned to go see a wrestling show in Niagara Falls for their second date. However, my grandmother felt sick that day and canceled. My grandfather still wanted to go with his future mother-in-law, my great-grandmother, so she would go with him. My grandfather was skeptical, but he agreed. The two of them went to see the wrestling, and my grandfather says he vividly remembers his mother-in-law, a quiet wife of a minister, transforming into a wild, rabid fan. In particular, she stood on her chair, swinging her purse, screaming, give him another one, when Hans Schmidt was getting punched in the corner. My grandfather said he had no idea what he'd gotten himself into with his future wife, my grandmother, said that she couldn't believe that a wrestling show brought out that side of her mother. All the best, Rob. So thanks, Rob. Those are really cool stories, but it was really, I don't know. I like that. The family atmosphere aspect of uh, pro wrestling. Uh, my first show, my dad took me to it. He wasn't even into wrestling. He just knew I loved it. Brought me to the show. It's one of my first memories of being at a, an event of any kind. And that, um, that intergenerational aspect of wrestling, passing it down to the young ones. Um, that's, that's a really cool aspect of the wrestling that um hopefully doesn't isn't lost on people these days and for sure i'm gonna be passing stuff on when i have kids i'll be telling them about the stuff i saw and trying to get them uh into wrestling as much as i can i know you do the same so just want to share that with the listeners thanks rob appreciate it you know what we do appreciate it i like notes like that i like uh, and that's is that's what wrestling is and should be is um it's all about family and um wanting to you know you want you want that you want that nostalgic feel um and uh i feel so that's the the that's kind of missing because it's no longer a family event we've talked about this many many times it's and this that is no slight on uh, hardcore fans because everybody wants hardcore fans you want hardcore fans but like the idea of uh, wrestling as a package to sell to a family is getting less and less it's like wrestling is so contrived now all the stories i hear about when when they come to shows is if they're not talking about my matches which is funny because now that i've been at this 24 years it's funny the amount of kids that would have been little kids that are now full-grown adults Mm-hmm. that will come up and say hey this is i remember you when i was a little kid and you know you really scared me and then uh one of the i think it was sean spears beat you up and like i remember getting his autograph and thinking oh man that's great and he says that was uh, like one of the best times me and my dad had or like if like you think about other guys uh i talked to older guys older men and they're always talking about the old days of bobo brazil and the original chic with his fork and scaring the living bejesus out of them um completely missing completely yeah. missing that nostalgic feel that goes along with pro wrestling uh as a family event as something as good versus evil uh with uh something that you can convey um, is completely missing the, uh, from the today's product. And it's quite sad because uh, long are the days that I, I would love to just sit there with my, my kid and just say, hey, do you remember, remember that time? You know, and those days are kind of missing from other families. Kind of sad. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Can you imagine with going to a wrestling show with your mother-in-law? That would be, I mean, it seems unfathomable these days. To No, uh, I can't. No, my ex-mother-in-law, no, I, I would leave her there. Without, <laughs> what, 
yeah, yeah, she's uh, my ex mother in law. She was something, but yeah, yeah she's uh, isn't that uh, it's funny, like a like a Christian woman too. Yeah, but you know, here's a funny story. I once did a show and I wrestled uh, 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 Doink the Clown. So I wrestled Doink the Clown, who was not Doink the Clown. It was a guy that. Uh, wore makeup and pretended to be Doink the Clown and sold his merchandise as he was Doink the Clown, which is rude, which is, yeah. is a no-no in business. You shouldn't be stealing from someone else's gimmick, even if that gimmick's been shared between multiple wrestlers. That is still not your area. Like 100% anyway. stolen? It wasn't Matt Bourne? No, it wasn't Matt Bourne. Holy no, shit. it wasn't, it wasn't uh, Steve Lombardi. It wasn't any of those guys. Wow. It was just an independent guy that was duping people. Well, he didn't look like him either. So if you got duped by that guy being doing the clown, then you deserve to have your money taken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but this, this guy like still dressed up like doing the clown and that's don't steal people, stop people. Jeez. Anyways, he stole his stuff, uh, portrayed himself as doing the clown, sold eight by tens, all this stuff. So I went out there. I was kind of mad. And I wrestled this kid and beat him up like not in a professional wrestling way. Let's be honest. I'm still a pro. Uh, I beat him up and then uh, like brought a bottle of water in and rubbed his face with water. And then I had the microphone. I was supposed to cut a promo. And I said, this guy, if he, if you, this town, if you bought a joint, the clown eight by 10, you're stupider than I thought. <laughs> I'm just being a jerk. Anyways, it's the lead up to another match. It would be me versus Tatanka. So me and Tatanka were about to wrestle. And so a lot of the old school stuff where you get in the ring, get out of the ring, I love, a little too much. I don't like the, the pandering. I don't like doing that pandering to fans that much. It feels as though it should be competitive, but I only go with the story that I've been told to give. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing the in and out of the ring thing and like, get in the ring, you jerk. And then I go over to the crowd and I look at this, there's this little boy and he's having the time of his life. I'm like, Hey, you, uh, what you say? He says, get in there. And I said, Hey, why don't you punch me in the face? You little punk. <laughs> and knowing right well that I was going to back up and not let him punch me and just, you know, being a, just agitating. And as soon as I put my face down, down and I pointed to my chin I, I feel these massive knuckles on my face and as I look up it's it was an old man with a cane and he had pushed the kid out of the way and straight up gave me a straight right hand to the face <laughs> right in the face and it, it, it took me back I was shocked but it was almost it was laughable more than it was i wasn't angry i was I'm like oh i'm doing my job right yeah i was uh it, it really got me it was hilarious that i had stirred this old man up into such a rage that he would push this young boy <laughs> out of the way just to throw one of those sweet right hands and hit me in the face of course, that poor old guy got escorted out. I wish they hadn't um, because uh, <laughs> that's just my job being well done. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe in violence or like condoning violence on shows. But if you're going to agitate and they're going to uh, want to reciprocate this agitation with the way they feel, I feel as though you should let them sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. yeah. Great, Great times. Enough. That's cool. The uh, All right. How's the technical uh She's I, going have a, I have found it. Got her. Right thank, on. You, thank you, Daily Motion, for being the worst site in history. Thank oh. God there's some there's actually some stuff on here that I would love or I would bash you more. But yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. stuff on here. 
Right on. Anyways, right. I'm right now, Scotty, I'm at uh, 20 minutes and 39 seconds is where I have it paused. Okay, I'll get it there and then I'll uh, I'll get it going. I so, see Matt. I got Matt Hardy up on my screen doing V1. Okay, so 20, that's where we'll start at 20 minutes, 39 seconds. I'm getting it queued up now. Um, anything you want to mention about this one before we get going? This is another reason that you should always be prepared. Now, I'm not as prepared then because I haven't had uh, uh, gentlemen come to me and tell me, listen, you got to put on size, um, take your stuff more seriously. I've always been focused on the wrestling and my little shtick here, and I wasn't, I wasn't relying on my shtick. I didn't want to dance all the time. I didn't want to be the dancey, goofy guy, but it was working. It was actually making, like I was making a lot of dates with the, the dance that I used to do as a young fella. So I'm, I've only been in the business a hiccup of time. I'm not in there long enough, but I'm getting great opportunities. So here is one of those situations where me and uh, current uh, impact champion, uh, Eric Young had just drove all through the night. We did shows, we did shows in Niagara Falls. And then we just, just they called us up and we only had a day to prepare uh, being Sunday. And then we, I left, I left home after getting home from Niagara Falls. So uh, it was late night. And then I got a call saying, Hey, be in Connecticut tomorrow. So me and Showtime Eric Young met up and we drove all the way through the night, went all through the night just to be in Connecticut for um, uh, Raw and Velocity and this or Raw and SmackDown. And this is my, I got a chance to work on Velocity. Another thing I want you to notice in this match, it's very short, is Matt really takes care of me, does a lot of stuff. We'll talk about this during the match, but also watch, listen to commentary because commentary will, uh, like Taz, uh, will dog me the whole time. And he will get on me and he'll just uh, constantly be yipping about my gear, my stupid dance, how goofy I am, all this stuff. And when I got home, people were kind of insulted uh, for me thinking, why, why, um, why would you do this? Why would you, why, why would he do that? Why, why is he being such a jerk? And it, I told them and I calmed everybody down with this whole thing. It was like, in the minutes that I wrestled, because it was only a couple minutes, like four or five minutes, do you hear any – does he talk very much about Matt Hardy? Or does that whole focus of time, is he talking about me? Even if he's chirping me, there's still – the attention is all on me. So take it for what it is, kids. You can't always look at the, uh, the dark side of things. You always got to look at a kind of a bright side or this business will eat you up. Uh, he, uh, Matt Hardy gave me a great match and he took care of me and gave me a lot. And Taz was ripping me on commentary. Great. Because the more he ripped on me on commentary, the more it was about Tyson Dukes. And there was actually, uh, it, it actually worked in my favor. Yep. Right on. Let's get it started. And then if there's any, uh, we'll talk about some of the stuff after that I want to, we want to talk about. So most definitely. All right. Starting 20 minutes, 39 seconds, five, four, Three, two, one, play. You got Matt Hardy coming to the ring. I got to start these at three instead of five. We don't need a five-second countdown. What am I doing? Well, I don't, I don't mind your five-second no. countdown. I think <laughs> of like uh, King Kong Bunny needing the five count. I feel it's your own shtick, you know? All right. You should, you should just mess with people and say, let's do five and a half. We're going to go <laughs> yeah. at five and a half. We're with 37 <laughs> second countdown next time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That'd be the best. Yeah. So Matt Hardy comes to the ring first here. Is that uh, what's is that common? What's up with that? 
Well, you know why they put him out first is because he's the heel. He's the heel. So typically in uh, in wrestling, you're always going to put the heel out first, right? Mm -hmm. He's the one that's going to agitate and get them going. Uh, the reason they put him out first too is because they're real i'm uh, about to get signed with this company and it's only through working driving multiple hours making multiple dates driving everywhere i can to pick up dates for them and just being a good soldier whatever they needed they need me to job one day i job no problems they need me to do a little bit more i do a little bit more at this point in my career with wwe i actually had my own entrance music so what you're hearing now now, if you got it on, is that's my entrance music. Wherever in the history of WWE does Enhancement have their own entrance music? I actually, if you still look for it, you can still find Tyson Duke's entrance music that's not the uh, Cruiserweight Classic stuff. That's a young pop right there, Scotty. Yeah, that's, yeah. A young, that's a young fella. Yeah. And that's a guy that's not slept through the night. We slept in the car for <laughs> like a couple hours. That's, that's not bad either, right? No. That's funny. So when you get called for a show, they just say show up in this town and it's up to you yep. to get there. However you fly, drive, however you want to get there. It's all up to you. Yeah. If they want you there, you just get yourself there. Yeah. Back in the day in O2, they actually would, um, they would actually give you uh, some money for hotels, gas and all that stuff. They'd pick up your receipts. Um, ooh, look at that slick little arm through. I never use that short basement drop kick every once in a while. I want to, but then I never do. But that uh, I, they they used to pick them up, but then uh, as O three and O four came along, they stopped doing that. Little snapmare, flying snapmare, a little lucha for you, baby. Yep. Um, here we go, a little bit of reverse. I love Matt Hardy's music back then. I loved his pants, everything about him. Look at that sweet head scissors take over. Look at that dude is bumping. He doesn't have to do this, everybody. He does not have to do this. He can bump for me. He doesn't have to bump for me at all. I could bump for him for the whole six minutes that we're working. There we go. A little oh, side effect action. Nice move. Yeah, Matt's, Matt's a real pro. Matt's a real solid dude. And that's a lot of tape on his arms. That's a lot of tape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of freaking tape. <laughs> he wouldn't be doing that in the Indies. That would cost him a goddamn fortune. Yeah. There we go. A little snake eyes. Hits those ropes. I think it's a line here. Boom. Yeah. Jumping. Beautiful. Beautiful clothesline. Just an absolute pro to work with. I, I tweeted with him because somebody sent me this match and I, I gifted a couple things on it because he really took a lot of care of me and really wanted to, me to look like a million bucks. And he really did. And uh, he just, he always, he always said that he always saw something and like he thought that I should have a job and he was trying his best. And you don't see that very often where people do that anymore, yep. where they want to make they want to make you and they want you to work there. You know, it's usually about all about themselves, but he was a, uh, he was a giver, man. He gave me a lot here. A little Olympic roll, everybody. That's some real sweet technical wrestling for you. As you can see, a lot of my stuff is based on that stuff. I don't try to do stuff out of my wheelhouse. I try to wrestle more mm -hmm. with a lot of chain wrestling and stuff. Patent and leg drop by Matt Hardy there. Elbow into the leg drop slick. Everything in this match, and the more I watched it, like I first watched it, I'm like, ah, oh, this sucks. Because you can see little things. Like you can see that I'm still learning to explode off those ropes more, and my punches really suck real bad. Um, but I, you can definitely see that. The more I look at it, the more I take away the positive sides. As you can see, like a very young kid, 
um, that's done a lot on his own and has built his own, like got some charisma Mm -hmm. and uh, is easy to move around and like sell, I'll sell anything. Oh, a little tornado DDT for you. Don't see that anymore. And selling and back to selling, which I don't think that it didn't really call for me to sell that much. I should have been trying to fire up, but like back then, uh, still knew, should have known better. I was just trying to always worked as enhancement. So my mind was always be enhancement, enhance their stuff. Don't try to get yourself over, try to get them over. I was all about business. I'm all about business. Oh, side in a Russian leg sweep. Never use that anymore either. And I never will. Uh, drop kick to the skull and that's right on the money that's like i actually hit him in the head which is great and i forgot my spot and then then he scored a cover and he yelled at me hey dummy get over here and cover me and now he's feeding his way over because he's making me work and i know the spot now because i remembered and there's a knee in the head you know there's a place that i hate to go is top rope but i do cross bodies so i did a sweet cross body yeah it's not bad it's not ricky steamboat but it's all right because i always i always get nervous about stuff like that when i'm up i don't want to mess up and like i you shouldn't feel that way you should never feel that way you should always try to if you're going to go for stuff go for stuff try it don't try to do new stuff that you've never practiced before but if you think you got it you got it and there we go and that was my call to do um, uh, his twist of fate off the second rope. I said, hey, you do twist of fate all the time and it looks great. And like, you've done it in every way, but let's, how about we do it off the second rope where you catch me, catch me off or I'm sitting on the second rope and you just yank me out. Cause uh, I was a big fan of all Japan and Johnny Ace used to do um, his cutter that he used to do the Ace Crusher. He used to pull, put him on the second rope and pull out with it and just pull the guy's head out. And which makes it look way more realistic yeah. uh, than a guy just grabbing you and you falling, him falling on your back, you falling on your face. And so um, I, that finished uh, he, and actually after that match, we were in the back in the dark, uh, back in grill and said, Whoa, that was a great finish. Uh, and he's like, well, it was the kid, the kid, like, that's, that's uns- like selfless, just, like unselfish. Just that dude just gave me, um, miles of rope to work with. And it, it, it helped me out because I was so close to being signed by that point. And all it was, was an enhancement that just kept working and getting closer and closer and closer until my inevitable uh, tear of my ACL in 04. But I'm telling you, man, it was, it was a hell of a ride and he was uh, just, and he still is an outstanding talent. Yeah. The um, that's neat. So when you say that was all him, how does a match like that get put together? Is there an agent involved? giving you direction or you just have a time to go out and he's calling everything. What's the, uh, what's the background on that type of thing? No, that match there, he put that all together in the back. There, there is no calling in that one. Just those, when I forgot my spot, he, he was quick to remind me of where we were going and just led me along, uh, as he did. Um, which, which is fine. This is this wrestling business. If you're going to call or if you're going to plan a bunch of stuff, you're going to forget stuff. It's natural. And it's, it's not, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get hit in the head or whatever, get caught in the moment. Um, so he, he put that all together. And then we told the agent, which I do believe was Tony Gurria at the time. And Tony's an old school cat and he would not approve of me having that much offense. Hmm. Um, but, but um, he actually 
told, he, he said, let me talk to the agent. I'll tell him what we're doing. And then we'll just, we'll just play it, play it by ear. So I, I gave, I gave uh, Matt more than I should have by, by the company's standards of an enhancement match. But like I said, he, he was a solid, he was over, as you could see, if you pause it and see at the end of that match, you can see the people are like truly invested in, in version one, Matt, Matt Hardy. Uh, he's solid talent. Shannon Moore on the outside. Shannon Warner was a great talent as well. And they made a good little click there for a while. And so it was just, he, he had no problem. He had no, no issues at all, uh, giving me a bit, of a, a bit of a go at it. And so, yeah, I was always thankful. I've always been thankful for Matt, um, not just for myself, but a lot of talent. Because you can still see that he still does it to this day. He's very much about um, enhancing and making sure that everybody gets ahead in this business, which, you know, give that man some love. Yep. Good guy, Matt Hardy. And you didn't throw a chair in his face. You took care of him. That was pretty good. <laughs> right. No, no chairs in the face. And then I didn't jump on him after the fact that we jumped and like hit him in the head with a chair. You know uh, what I mean? Just, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just saying. <laughs> well, <laughs> to each their own, I guess yeah. to each their own, but I, I like to do all my work in the middle of a, the ring where the, the the referee has to count three. Yeah. Uh, logically, I don't want to be outside the ring because outside the ring means that I can't win. So I like I am baffled by today's uh, performances because majority of it is on the outside of the ring. When, as a kid growing up, the mystique of the a professional wrestling ring and being inside one is more of a mystique than being outside in the street or out in where the fans are because fans already are there. Yeah. So I don't understand the psychology behind today's day and age of being out like fighting in guardrails and fighting out outside in the floor or on the, uh, the commentator's table. It, it makes no goddamn sense to me because as a kid growing up and like any child that you know, nowadays, the idea of actually just touching the ropes of a wrestling ring is something that will stick in their minds forever. It's, it's almost untouchable. Mm -hmm. It's an untouchable thing. Cause how many, how often does a, a, some, somebody, even like an adult person get to get that close to a professional wrestling ring, but yet we want to spill outside and do all our nonsense on the outside instead of where like people um, are mystified by this whole setup of something between ropes and being in there. And if it's really real or if it's hard or if it's bouncy or if those ropes really work, there's so much to it. Why are we spending our time outside? Spend your time inside the ring for God's sakes. Get your hot dogs and, you know, fool around your buddies later, for God's sakes. Like, if you're going to wrestle, wrestle. Make it mean something to go outside of the ring. If it, if it happens every match, it means nothing. And that's what Absolutely it seems to be. Nothing. It happens every single match, it seems like. I digress. Well, well yes. See, we digress a lot here, Scotty. But, like, <laughs> well, let's talk about the, like, we're the previous one that we did with Haystack. Haystack Calhoun and Buddy Rogers. Yeah. When he fell out of that ring, people were, like, like dumbfounded dumbfounded by this giant man falling out of a ring not that's not commonplace back then so if you brought it to a place where it wasn't commonplace and then you went to the outside my god you would blow people's minds but yeah again we digress here we are all right that was awesome two tyson duke matches very different eras 
uh, I guess seven years apart, but one year looked like a young kid there. That was that was neat to watch that last one with Matt Hardy there. Um, and then the one with Ring of Honor, you're a little uh, looking more like you do today, more thick, more like a man. And uh, it'd be great to watch some matches from 2020. Unfortunately, there wasn't many because of the pandemic. Hopefully we get some going forward. Maybe we can do some um, some watch-alongs of some current stuff of yours as uh as we get back in the ring here so hopefully by the end of the year i don't know it's not looking great here up in ontario for that um but we'll see you never know what happens yeah because i'm excited to try out uh like with every evolution and like i feel as though we need a uh regression in in the way things are done now i feel as though evolution of the sport is hurting it and i think uh to um to scale back and go back is to find balance so that's what we're going to do so the style the my evolutionary style is to go back and take it take it back a couple steps and mm-hmm. i'm very very excited to start wrestling again just to get it out and uh get the style up and running and over hopefully and stuff like that but we're gonna have to wait to two what is it 2021 i guess this is what we're looking like uh, yeah, probably. It, uh, that's what she's looking like now, but it is what it is. In the meantime, we will keep doing stuff like this, trying to educate people, um, show people what, not only how to do stuff, but really what's most interesting to me as a fan, what listening to you talk about these matches is why stuff gets done. And that's the, uh, that's the really neat part of it is we can see stuff in the ring and you're watching as a fan, you don't necessarily know all the intricate details of why guys are doing certain things. And when you shed light on that, it's really interesting to me. And hopefully the listeners are appreciating that as well. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, you can send them to us at hammerlockpodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit Tyson up on Twitter at Tyson Dukes. Any final words or anything you want to mention before we sign off for this 10th episode? Uh, a few things. So I would say on on the the thing about our tenth episode, we only wanted to do ten. You were kind of figuring, Scotty, that you kind of wanted to uh, phase yourself out. You thought that maybe it wasn't good, like maybe it wasn't the dynamic that the show needed. I totally disagree. We totally need you on board. Um, where I enjoy doing these with you because I, I don't always, I take it from my own point of view all the time and I don't want one side. I don't want a dictatorship. It is not a dictatorship. I want everybody to learn. And like, if you have points, I like your points. So like, it's good to have a, a, a different set of eyes on stuff as it is. So going further, going forward, I, we want to keep Scotty D on for sure. Um, big milestone. I really enjoyed our first 10. I'm looking forward to our next 10. Um, and just, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what we can do. And if, like, like I said, if you have anything that you want to want us to kick out there and throw out we're like, I'm more than happy. Um, it can be new stuff. You can bring new stuff, but like if you if if it's something that is just going for shock, or if you want me to tear something apart, I'm not gonna. It's we're we're not in that. There's a lot of podcasts out there that can rip stuff apart and be negative towards it. We're only showing the stuff that we want to educate with more than the stuff that we want to bash and rip apart. So um, anything going forward, man, just send it our way. We'll uh, we'll we're we're happy to 
get all your comments and read about it and see let's see what the next 10 holds scotty yeah right on the next 10 it uh, no as long as it's enjoyable and people are enjoying it and you're enjoying it and i enjoy doing them uh so let's keep rolling if it's uh and again the main goal we talked about when we first started was how do we we both kind of uh, talked about how the wrestling business was or how pro wrestling was when we were younger and growing up and how it is now and um kind of wanted to do something that would uh, help kind of educate bring it back to what it can be so that's kind of the purpose of this we're trying not to shit on anything just trying to look at uh look at the positives and and find things that we can do to help things going forward and you're doing that with the wrestling school and then this combined with that is kind of uh a good way to pass that positiveness on and, and keep things in a positive light as much as we possibly can. So that's kind of our goal here, our role. If you want to listen to stuff where it's negative and shitting on stuff, that's entertaining too. I listen to stuff like that all the time because it's funny and interesting, but that's not what you're going to get here. We're going to try and keep it positive and then educate and show, uh, show the best of pro wrestling, what pro wrestling is meant to be like you always say. So, that's where we're at. 10 episodes in the bag. Who knows how many more? Uh, let's see if we can get to 100. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. Let's get to 100. <laughs> All right. So that said, thanks everyone again for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, we are, again, always, like Tyson said, always looking for input on what matches you guys want to see, anything like that, anything you want to comment on, any questions you have for Tyson, um, stories you want to hear that's kind of where it gets really fun for me and some of the other listeners i think is when stuff comes up that triggers a cool story um so that's kind of as much as i can my role here i think is to kind of try and hit the right but hit the buttons then ask questions that trigger stories so that's what i'm trying to do so if anyone has any feedback on any of that or any suggestions send them over we're very willing and uh willing and able to listen to that stuff and hope that people are getting something out of this thing so that said, we'll sign off for the day. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, we will catch you later. Bye.